Hey everybody, this is Josh Vasquez, and you're listening to the Savannah Zombie Podcast, the podcast of author Josh Vasquez. That's me, as I already said. And hey, uh, this week is a little bit different. Uh, I had some issues with my phone. The charging port is, um, I guess it kind of like shifted, so it wasn't charging. I had to wedge it underneath the, the bottom drawer on the dresser and uh, in order to get it to charge. Um, but uh, luckily, a buddy I work with, he works on phones and he knows how to fix them. So he was going to do that this week. And the part that he got is just doesn't quite fit right. And he doesn't want to short out the phone. So long story short, I don't have a phone right now. So it kind of throws a little uh, wrench in uh, how I do the podcast. Uh, but I'm actually using uh, Anchor.fm's uh, their desktop recording right now. Um, so I don't have the music on there, but uh, I know this week uh, I missed the podcast, but we I did want to get episode three of a new death CJ story up so you could listen to that. So this is the final part of the short story set in the Savannah zombie uh, universe uh, that focuses on uh, the 13 year old CJ. And uh, so first week uh, in the second week, uh, he had some hard times and some some rough stuff happened. So let's get into part three and see how they come out of that. CJ Story by Josh Vasquez, as read by the author. Part 3. Sorrow It had been three days since we left our house. Three days since we lost my sister. Three days since the dead started walking. We made it to the cabin without any other problems. I think we were able to make it out of the city before anyone else was able to. Our ride was a quiet one. I don't think anyone spoke a single word. It was horrible. The only thing you would hear was the sniffles of crying. When we reached the cabin, G-Dad, G-Mom, and Aunt Laura were all there. They had made it there safely too and were on the front porch waiting for us. The relieved looks on their face were quickly extinguished as we got out of the Explorer. Noticing that Haley was absent, and the looks on our faces was enough for them to realize what had happened. Everyone reacted differently despite that it was all driven by the same emotion. Sorrow. Aunt Laura put one hand over her mouth and rested the other on her stomach. She sat back down in her rocking chair and wept quietly. G-Mom, with growing tears in her face, walked up to Dad and slapped him in the face. He never flinched as she began to sob and yell at him for losing her granddaughter. I knew the things she said were out of grief, not legitimate anger. I think that Dad knew that too, because once she lost steam about after a minute or two, he wrapped his arms around her and she hugged him back just as tight. G-Dad went to Mom and held her as he cried. Now in the safety of her father's arms, my mother finally broke down. I don't remember how long we stood outside, but it seemed to stretch on forever. When we finally did go in, I remember Aunt Laura pulling me aside and giving me the biggest hug. She tried her best to smile. Have you heard from Uncle Josh yet? I asked. 
No, not yet, her smile slowly fading. I nodded and wondered if maybe I shouldn't have asked that. I looked at the clock on the kitchen wall. We'd be at church right now. But today we would not be. The past few days slid by without much talking. I wouldn't be surprised if the adults were completely unaware of what day it was. They all walked around like, well, like zombies. At least there haven't been any out here, I thought. The last time I saw one was at our house. I try not to think about the dead too much, to try my best to pretend things were normal. But I knew that wasn't safe and that I should always be on my guard. Someone had to be. I passed some of the time by cleaning the guns, which I'm glad Dad finally got around to teaching me how to do. There really wasn't much to it, just make sure you put everything back the way you found it. The rifles and shotgun were not too hard to clean. Dad's pistol, on the other hand... Well, let's just say it took a little elbow grease to get the hard and brain matter crust out of the crevices. But now I was all out of guns to clean, and it was still quiet. The old farmhouse that we called the cabin was roomy and the silence seemed to echo. It was here when G-Dad inherited the property, and it took several summers of hard work to get it up and going. Some of the most fun days of my childhood were when the four of us men came up here to work on the old house. There was no air conditioning, electricity, or beds for that matter. We camped out in the living room in sleeping bags and ate off Dad's little gas-powered grill. I have to get out of here, I thought. I'm going to go outside for a bit, I announced, not sure if anybody was listening. I grabbed G-Dad's 270 rifle from the gun rack near the door and made my way outside. It was sunny and pleasant. I noticed that the air had cooled down drastically from the hot temperatures of last week. I guess we will get fall after all. I walked in the direction of my tree stand, the leaves and pine straw crunching underneath my feet. I didn't really have intentions of hunting, I just needed to get out of the house. I figured being 15 feet off the ground should be a safe place to hide for a while. It wasn't too far from the cabin, so I should be able to hear if anything goes down there. Or maybe I'll hear Uncle Josh pull up. I was actually surprised he hadn't already shown up. I still won't give up on him. I knew that Aunt Laura still believed he was going to make it, despite the doubts that G-Mom had about his survival. I'm just trying to be a realist, she had said, in one of the few times there was speaking. Well, don't. I don't need to hear that, so keep that crap to yourself, Aunt Laura had responded, returning the room to its former silence. I think Aunt Laura's hanging on to the possibility of her husband returning was what was keeping her going. He'll be here, I told myself. He'll probably just got hung up somewhere, and he probably went home first, and then he'll see the note that we're out here, and he'll come. I know he will. When I reached the stand, I climbed the cold steel ladder up to my seat. The seat was also cold. I gritted my teeth as I sat down. Looking out over the plot of land situated in front of me, I took in the smell of the woods and the sight of the Georgia pines and oaks. In the small field, wildflowers grew. A feeder sat in the middle, waiting to be filled with corn. As I settled into my spot, my mind began to wander and I thought about the property we sat on. Its defenses would have to be beefed up some in order to protect us from the dead if they ever do come out here, which I'm sure they will, in time. There is a perimeter fence, but it's only made out of wooden posts and a few boards. We'll have to make it stronger, maybe taller too. There are plenty of trees around, so gathering wood wouldn't be a problem, but I don't know if we have tools for it. We usually brought them out here with us when we came to do work. Only one road led into the property, too. There was a metal swing gate with a chain and combination lock, but if you really wanted to, you could get around on foot. 
Since zombies don't drive cars, we'll have to look into that as well. I heard a noise to my right. It sounded like twigs breaking. I readied the rifle and pushed the safety into the off position. After a few moments, I relaxed and sat back in my seat. Must have been the wind or something. There's nothing there. And that was when I heard the grunting. It was a familiar sound of a feral hog. I studied the rifle again and squinted into the woods, trying to find its dark shape. The sound came from my right, but from where I was sitting, my vision was blocked by the trees and the brush. I decided to climb down and go check it out. The thought of having wild hog for dinner suddenly made me feel very alive and excited for the first time in days. Bacon. Yes, there will be bacon. But when my feet hit the ground, the noises turned from grunting to squealing, and then from squealing to a high-pitched shrieking. I ran into the woods in the direction of the pig screaming. When I finally reached it, I saw why the pig was crying out. It was being attacked by the living dead. Three zombies had the hog surrounded. One of them was on top of its flailing body. Its short, stubby legs tried to frantically get away, but it was unable to move under the zombie's dead weight. I watched as it sunk its decayed, yellowing teeth into the sow's flesh. The zombie didn't seem bothered by the coarse black hair. It just continued to bite down over and over again. The pig went berserk and began to unsuccessfully try and ram the zombie off of its back. The other two took advantage and piled onto it. I watched as the pig screamed in agony as the dead devoured it. I'm not sure why, but I began to grow very angry. I don't know if it was the way they ganged up and attacked the hog, or maybe it was just the fact that I got myself so psyched up for bacon. But whatever the reason, I felt the anger begin to rise. My skin grew warm and my muscles tightened. It was unsettling. It was a feeling of anger that I had never experienced before. The scariest part of it all was I think I liked it. Maybe it was the events of the past few days, with the loss of my sister and my home, the way my family had seemed to have fallen apart, these dead freaks. I was furious. The three feasting zombies were completely unaware of my standing there, something I planned to use to my advantage. I lifted the rifle and placed the sights on the back of the head of the nearest zombie. I had my target within milliseconds, faster than I've ever taken aim before. I pulled the trigger and watched as the bullet erupted from the barrel on a colliding course with zombie number one's skull. The impact was different than my 22 rifle. The back of the skull caved in and brain tissue exited through the zombie's face. The other two took notice of this. Before they could register what had just happened to their dead buddy, I already loaded another round to the bolt-action rifle and took aim on zombie number two. He quickly joined his faceless friend on the ground. The last zombie looked down at his fallen friends and then back at me, but by that time I had the next round in the chamber ready to fire. I couldn't believe how fast I shot. Something seemed to be fueling my accuracy and efficiency. Maybe it was the anger that I felt flooding through my veins. It was somehow controlling my actions, making me some how a better fighter, a better warrior. A small smile crept in around my lips as I pulled the trigger for the third time. The smile grew as the zombie's head came to the same fate as the others. Once the three of them were dispatched, the smile faded. I looked at the sow in front of me as she struggled to breathe. Her skin flayed and ripped open from the zombie's attack. I walked up to her heaving body and looked down in pity. I felt the anger begin to flush out of my body. I loaded the gun one final time and put her out of her misery. Stupid zombies. Ruined a good meal. I turned to walk back to the house to let everyone know that some zombies had gotten on our property. We would need to work on our defenses quickly. I took a few steps and stopped. There was another noise off to my left. More? I wondered. I stood still and honed in my hearing, listening for any trace of sound. 
I heard rustling in the leaves and brush next to me, so I readied the rifle again. I had two shots left. If there were more than two zombies, I was going to be in trouble. They came quick. Five small, dark shapes came charging at me full speed. It took a second for me to realize what was coming at me so aggressively. It was five piglets. The sow must have been their mother. She must have been protecting them from the zombies. They now seemed to be trying to avenge their mother by attacking the last shape on two feet. Their little grunts were filled with fury, but only came across as adorable. Once they got closer to me, their attitudes changed. They took a couple of good sniffs of me, stopped, and then turned tail back for the woods. Whatever they smelled must have scared them off. I wasn't sure where they were going, but they most likely wouldn't last long without their mother. They didn't seem to be that old and were barely a foot long. Right before they reached the brush line, I got an idea. I took a deep breath and made the best hog sound I could. The piglets stopped and paused to look at me. They waited a second before running back in my direction. Holy crap, it worked. They rushed back towards me. I quickly set the rifle down on the ground and readied myself for what I planned on doing next. Once they were within reach, I left through the air towards the nearest one and grabbed it. It immediately began squirming and squealing, trying to kick itself free from my grip. The other four took off into the woods, leaving their brother in my arms. I fought it squirming for a few minutes until it finally calmed down and relaxed. It's okay, I'm not going to hurt you, I told it. It reluctantly looked up at me and snorted. I'll take care of you. The piglet snorted again in reply. He seemed to be okay with me, for now. He wasn't too heavy yet, and I was able to hold him with one arm. He no longer tried to free himself, but almost seemed to snuggle himself into my chest. I pulled the rifle up from the ground and smiled. Haley would have loved you. She loved animals and wanted to be a veterinarian when she grew up. No doubt she would have been ecstatic to have a pig as a pet. I felt the sadness creep back into me, into where the anger had just consumed me. I looked down at the pig and he back at me. It could have been my imagination, but it seemed like he was sympathizing with me. It's going to be okay, pig, I said out loud. We're going to make it through this. I began to walk towards the house, stopping by the road that led into our property. Soon Uncle Josh is going to be here, pig, and he'll know what to do. The pig snorted in reply. What am I going to call you? He grunted and snorted again. How about Hank? Hank the hog. It grunted, and I swear swayed its head no. No? Well, how about bacon? I promise we won't eat you, bacon. It snuggled its little head into my chest as if in agreement with my naming. Okay, bacon it is then. We made our way back to the house, but I stopped to look at the dirt road for one last time. Come on, Uncle Josh, you gotta get here. I went inside and showed everyone our new pet.
right, so that was part three of a new death CJ story. Uh, I hope you liked it. Uh, if you do like it, you can always check out the uh, the short story. It is free ebook on Amazon and most uh, ebook retailers. Um, and if you like that, there are the full novels, uh, which uh, when I mentioned that I'm an author, those are the two books or the books that I'm talking about. So uh, they are currently on Amazon uh, only as an ebook. And uh, you can buy paperbacks. And if you're in the Savannah area, you can go down to Broughton Street to Planet Fun. Uh, they have copies there. And then uh, East Shavers off of uh, Bull Street, you can uh, you can pick some up there, too. And they're all signed copies. So if you want a signed copy, hit two of those local uh, bookstores. And, uh, yeah, you can continue the story and see what happens next for CJ. So CJ's story kind of takes place in between a new death and then a new darkness. Um, when I wrote it, it was kind of meant to be like a, a bridge almost, uh, bridging the two stories together and kind of setting up CJ and his family and the uh, family dynamic for uh, New Darkness and uh, their roles in that book. So uh, if you just want to continue with CJ's story, you'll have to pick up A New Darkness and read from there. Um, but it is not told from his perspective, like his short story. Um, so just a heads up. But uh, yeah. And uh, if you finish uh, both of those books, there is another short ebook, uh, Lex's Story. And you can get that on Amazon as well. But uh, yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, hopefully I'll have my phone fixed uh, by next week and we can get some uh, actual podcast episodes up. So I've had a few ideas and I was kind of geared up, ready to do one. Um, but yeah, just the issues with the phone. But you know how it is. Things happen. But uh, anyways, uh, I was looking right now and uh, just saw that I'm at uh, 91 listens. So I thought that was pretty cool seeing that I just like started this like a few weeks ago. And um, I'm already close to 100. So I don't know. It's a big deal to me. That's cool. Um, but, uh, lastly, I just want to say, Hey, if you're in the Savannah area this weekend, this Saturday from two to four at the, uh, Marriott riverfront downtown, uh, right on the Savannah river, uh, is a uh, book convention called uh, literary love Savannah, 2018. And it is put on by, uh, Stella price. And she is a indie author who has been in this business for uh, about 10 years. Um, if you want to learn more about Stella, uh, go to my friend Adam Messer's podcast, uh, Muses, Memoirs, and More. It's on YouTube. Um, and look up her episode. It was really good. Really got me motivated to write and um, start kind of putting things into gear. Uh, she's really awesome. So she's put together this whole like book convention. And there's I think there's like 40 authors there. But if uh, you go on Saturday from 2 to 4, it's open to the public. Um, it's kind of like a book, like it's a book convention, like they, have, it's like a three day event, I think it is. And there's like a whole bunch of other stuff, but the two to four segment on Saturday is open to everybody and you can go in, you can find you some new books. There's tons of authors there. You can find something new, um, hang out with people that love books. Uh, it'd be a fun time. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure if I'm going to make it there yet. Not, uh, because my wife's, uh, AC compressor in her car went out. So I think I have to, uh, I have that to look forward to this Saturday, which I'm not looking forward to at all. I hate working on the car. It's the worst, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, Saturday, check that out. If you're in the Savannah area or if you're anywhere nearby, come check that out. And then, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, hopefully I, I'll uh, talk to you guys next week and we'll have some podcast episodes, like actual like episodes. 
So, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy CJ's story, and this is Josh.